Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 10 of the Danny Button MMA show only on Ace Podcast Nation. I am your host, Sai. Here at Ace Podcast Nation, we have podcast interviews and content on all sorts of subjects from MMA to films and TV to wrestling to mental health to football and much, much more. We have a weekly live show, 7 p.m. It's actually 7.30 this week. Uh, the Andy Campbell Championship Show, which is our live football show every Monday. We have, what else do we have coming up this week? We've got an interview with former Merthyr, uh MP and counsellor turned football writer and YouTuber, Adam Brown, which is very interesting. If we're, coming up in March, we've got new episodes of My Story with former Wales defender Reese Weston, plus former world champion boxer Robbie Regan, which is going to be a really interesting show. And a whole lot more. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation. Click that bell and you'll get notified every time we go live or upload a show. Today's show brought to you as usual by our friends at Away Day Apparel. Away Day Apparel is a a group of casually obsessed football fans looking to bring something different to the wardrobes of like-minded people. Please visit their website, awaydayapparel.co.uk. And I highly recommend giving them a follow on Twitter instagram and alike especially for ace podcast nation viewers we have a code for 10 percent off all orders at the checkout if you put in the code aa podcast nation all in lowercase you'll get 10 percent off all orders and i've uh, seen some of their stuff which is coming out very soon there's some limited edition uh, hats and stuff like that and there's also some uh, special stuff coming up with the euros in the summer 
I am today, of course, joined for the technical analysis and breakdown of all our fights and uh, MMA chat. Former Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend, Mr. Danny Button. Welcome, my friend. How are you? All right, Si. Yeah, bit bedraggled from an active weekend. Um, I had a fight show to go to myself. Uh, there was Cage Warriors on, and obviously we've got the UFC to cover. Um, yeah, so it's been all systems go this weekend, really has. Yeah, so you had a busy, a busy, uh, busy day or two. So where were yeah. you? Uh, where were you last night? I was at uh, an amateur event called Battle Arena. Um, I think it's the biggest amateur event actually in in Europe. I think it's pretty pretty well established now. It's been running for a good number of years, and we've had some active fighters on that promotion for for some time now. Got numerous title holders. Um, you know, from being regional title holders on there and world title holders as well. Uh, yeah, we had five people fighting on there. It was due to have six, but for different reasons, we ended up with five on there. Um, and pleased to just to say, we, you know, we come away with five wins as well. So we had a clean sweep on there. Good night's work. Yeah, yeah, so, it's uh, good. Yeah, that must be, can't do much better than that, let's be honest. No, that's right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, just before we go into the UFC uh, stuff, I thought we'll touch on the Cage Warrior stuff first. Sure. Uh, just because I think we're gonna we're gonna obviously we'll talk about uh, Tom's fight, Tom Ernst, and then um, we'll just touch on the, the mainly the main event in the Cage Warriors. Uh, Cage yep. Warriors one one two. Um, I would say to everyone though, if you've got UFC Fight Pass, I do advise you to check out Cage Warriors one one two. If you're an MMA fan, because it was a really good show. Even the the pro prelims were really good as well. Uh, the main event of the main card was about as good a fight as you'll see. Um, and it would normally be fight of the weekend, but mm. it was not fight of the weekend, <laughs> which we'll get into in a minute. Um, mm. it, it was, however, a lot better than the UFC main event, which was not what we were hoping for. Um, so I know you watched the the main event uh, just now um, from Cage yes. Warriors, but uh, did you have you seen Tom's fight yet? Um, I watched Tom's fight live in terms of the live streaming they had. Um, obviously, yeah, I was yeah. at another event at the time, um, so I did get to watch it. Um, yeah, I couldn't make my notes like I normally do. No, no, of course. Um, I just not had time to, um, and I was warming up fighters in the process of trying to watch Tom's fight live as well. So, yeah, hence the, well, so I'm a bit bedraggled from the weekend's activities. But, uh, yeah, I did watch it. Um, I could summarise on what I saw. Yeah, yeah, sure. And um, we started to see a sharper Tom Mearns, which was, which was good to see. Um, the first round was all Tom. Um, from what I can remember, he, there was, he staggered uh, his opponent in the early rounds with, uh, with his boxing, which I know is something that he wanted to work. He wanted to work his hands on this guy. Started to connect. Um, uh, they ended up getting to the ground with Tom on top. Uh, and Tom was looking really dominant. Um, he transitioned past the guard pretty easily. And this guy's no slouch on the ground. We, we know he's a good ground guy because uh, Richard Mann's Tom's brother, identical twin brother, has competed against this guy, I think, four times in total. At least okay. three. But I think there's f up to four times that they competed. And I think they're quite even um, yeah. on regards to getting uh, wins over each other. 
Um, but this is an MMA event, not just a grappling event. But Tom really impressed me on the ground, looking really sharp with his uh, takedown defense, ended up top position, got past guard, got to mount and started working up um, on several um, arm triangles. When I say several, they had several exchanges where the uh, guard was regained again, but Tom got past again and again in that mount position, working that arm triangle, but was just unable to complete it. But a really dominant first round. Yeah, I thought he looked really good in the first round. And um, <clears throat> obviously, we'll talk about the next round uh, next. But he just looked uh, he looked so much sharper than his last yeah. fight in in everything. It's like, like you mentioned, his boxing was sharp, mm. but his groundwork was good also. Um, obviously, it didn't go the way he wanted it after that, unfortunately. No, um, no, no. no. He- he got taken down, didn't he, in that second round? Uh, was having to work off his back. Um, I, th- I think the way he scrambled up was from a half guard. I know he's quite hard to hold down in half guard. He's got a short, stocky, strong body composition. Yeah. And um, I know I've had half guard top positions on him, and, it, and it's really, really quite hard to hold him down. He did scramble up, but very, very quickly in that scramble, he's put into a triangle. It's the second attempt at a triangle that his opponent had put on him throughout the fight. And uh, first one, he was able to nullify quite quickly. But this one was getting in deep. Um, he did have the other arm in. So not not the triangle arm, um, but he had the other arm in, stuffing and stifling the hips of his opponent, um, which you know, I think he should have left in. But he, he put it out to try to get some ground and pound and some, some control on the chin to try to put some twist, to try and twist out of that triangle. But unfortunately, I, you know, it enabled him to engage the hips even better. Uh, and this led to the demise and submission uh, from Tom, which was disappointing to see after such a dominant performance right up until then. I mean, really, his opponent had no real successes other than the success that led to the tap. But that's the the, the, the beauty of MMA. You know, you can be ahead in any scenario on the feet, in the wrestling, on the ground, uh, and you can um, lose so many buried ways, uh, so many ways to lose. Um, yeah, and, and Tom didn't nail it, but Tom is getting better. You know, he's come from, you know, some some really harsh times, um, but it looks like he's getting himself together. But it would have been nice to see him as he gets himself together to get more results in. Yeah, it just didn't happen for him, but he's got four more fights under the Cage Warriors uh, promotion. It was a really good sign seeing what we saw. Um you know, hopefully next time we see a dominant performance along with the win as well. But we can't take nothing away from his opponent. I mean, well done to him. Um, you know, he's going to move forward and um, I look forward to seeing him, him in the future also. Yeah, it was a strange fight in many ways because mm. Tom was so dominant and then all of a sudden uh, Hooper just he just managed to yeah. try and blend. And yeah. he, had, he really hadn't done... Uh, you know, he hadn't really done any damage. He hadn't progressed anything. He hadn't really threatened before that, really. Um, yeah. So it is a shame in terms of the result. But um, I was speaking to my friend earlier, and he was sort of saying, oh, it's, he, uh, he looked better last night, but Tom doesn't look where he was before his injury. And I said, yeah, but that injury mm. was so serious. And so um, it was almost like having like a disability for for months after it, but it's, it's so, mm. it was such a bad injury and, and, and not just the, the physical side of the injury, it's the psychological side of an mm. injury like that. Um, 
I think it takes time to just get your head around it and and just get ready for it. And I feel like yeah. the the fight before he had in Cage Warriors, um, just before the Bellator fight fell through, um, I felt like he looked okay. Mm. But this one, I felt like if you take the result out of it, he did look more yeah. like what you'd expect. His boxing was... Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was much nearer the Tom Learns that we know of. Um, yeah. You know, without diving too much into his personal life and, yeah. and, um, and, and making excuses, you know, the kid's gone through so much. Obviously, I would be the only one that knows that or his team would know that because, we, you know, we experience it firsthand. You know, he's, he's gone from, you know, relationship breakups, uh, changing of jobs. Um, he, he just recently started a new job, uh, literally just two weeks um, before that, that, you know, sort of like put, give him direction to help him get this job. Um, I actually worked for this company myself uh, years back and um, it's a great job, but it, it's hard work and a lot of traveling involved. Um, again, not to take anything away from um, his opponent's win yeah. or taking anything you know, to, to read too much into Tom's performance. He did perform really, really well. But I think uh, all these things going on, they do take some kind of effect on your performances. Um, you know, with, again, I can't reiterate enough. I'm tr not trying to excuse. But my God, you know, this this kid could write a book and, and it wouldn't be enough to cover everything that he's been through to get to even this point in his career. Um but there was good signs in it. Um, I've got real hopes and aspirations that things are going to get better for him. Um, he's fighting up a weight as well, which uh, was a decision on his own behalf um, after what was happening with, with Bellator. Um, he actually looked really strong and, and really quite sharp. So I'm happy for him to stay down that way. I was, always, I was a little bit dubious about it because he's not the tallest. I think it's about five foot eight statistically. Um but it, you know he looked good. He was giving away what three hint, uh, three inches height advantage to this guy. But he, you know, Didn't Tom's really good at closing in. Yeah, he's really good at closing in. Um, yeah, next fight you're going to see a sharper and even better Tom, I'm sure. And um, maybe that'll be a step too far for his opponent next time around. But hey, let's see. Yeah, and time will tell. With four fights, you know, four fights on the contract left. If he goes and wins yeah. those four fights with, you know, if he gets sharper every time. There's yeah. no reason why he's not going to be, you know, in and around the title sure. picture. Um, yeah. And that's how quick, you know, things change quickly. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I was impressed with the performance. But the, sure. you know, this, this point you're and, and, and from a personal point of view, um, I was more impressed with his response to his message with me. Yeah. Um, obviously, I wished him luck, you know, and I couldn't be there. Um, and then, you know... A text to say, you know, you, you fought really well, Tom, blah, blah, blah. I've got a really positive reply back um, and one that showed me that he's got very clear direction on how he wants things to go leading up to, to the next fight. So in that aspect, that, that really showed that, that things are coming together in his life. Got back a job again, which I think is really, really important for your stability in life. Um, mm -hmm. So he's got he's got some things that are steady going on in his life. I think that's what you need as a fighter. You need to have some kind of stability and basis in your life. He's got that now. So yeah, let's just move forward. We're, we're not going to look back um, only ever to learn. And we're ready to move forward um, as a team. Yeah. You could tell that by his, the Facebook post that he put up after the fight as well. Yeah. You know, it was not, um, you know, obviously disappointed with the result, but you could see yeah. that he was taking, the positives from it and also absolutely that he felt sharp you know yeah. you can 
you can kind of tell when a fighter speaks after a after a fight if how they feel within themselves. Yeah, if they haven't done themselves justice or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and that certainly wasn't the case with uh, with Tom from this. You could see yeah. that he felt positive about it. Now the the, the main event of the Cage Warriors one one two was uh, Jack Cartwright versus Manuel Bilic. Uh, yeah. Manuel Bilic was undefeated. Uh, Jack Cartwright had obviously, uh, I think he'd won tournament, hadn't he, in the Cage Warriors Unplug. Um, yeah. So, so the Bantamweight, does Bantamweight title? I think I might have that wrong. Um, but I have to say, like I was aware of Jack Cartwright and I knew that he was very good. He was very highly rated. Um, mm. What really impressed me is he took some big shots and they just did not phase him whatsoever. Um, and I yeah. felt like he won by a unanimous decision and it was yeah. a dominant uh, display. It was dominant. Yeah, it was uh, really impressive. I mean, um, people down at this sort of weight, they normally don't carry a lot of um, knockout potential. But this kid does, he bangs so hard. He doesn't even look much physically. I know they're not big in that division, period. But, you know, it's not like he's super muscled or anything like that. He looks really unassuming physically. But whew, he gets some acceleration on those hands. And you could tell he just bangs big and fearless along with it. And I think that makes a lethal combination. I think when you're coming forward with all intent of landing everything you can with everything you've got, and regardless of what comes back, they make dangerous, dangerous fighters. They really do. I mean, um, Billick, you know, let's not take anything away from him. He showed some great kicking ability, really hacking up the lead leg of um, Cartwright. But Cartwright didn't seem to didn't seem to flinch at him. And at one point, his trouser leg, uh, he short, uh, rode up his leg when he had a, a closed guard or maybe when he was on top. And you saw the damage. Um, he didn't once, yeah. Uh, didn't once show that his leg was hurt. Um, I don't know whether it's just down to his character or, or, or what it was. But you know, one thing that I do suspect was happening with Billick's leg kicks were he's landed a little bit perhaps with the foot, which will make the you know outside of the skin look like it's it, it, it's damaged, where the, the damage perhaps was not deep into the leg. Maybe if he was able to get his shin on the thigh a little bit more often, he may have had something consequential going on there with the leg. But I'm not. I can't blame him for landing with the foot, wanting to sort of like kick and and not get planted on with that rear hand that he's getting countered with. I think maybe if he landed with the shin to try and make a, a consequential leg kick, and and develop on it, maybe that right hand would have landed that little bit more flush and and, and knocked him out. But Cartwright was just reading those kicks. He was willing to take them to catch the kick to plant down the pipe with that right hand, and and I didn't have to wrestle him down. He was knocking him down. And uh, the hands, the hands we see, wasn't it? With oh my right god, shots. the uppercuts and the body shots, ferocious, ferocious. Like three or four times, the uh, village went for a kick, and Cartwright mm. nailed him with like a really quick right hand. And he just left yeah. him on, he didn't follow up, he just left him on the floor, let him get back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So confident in his, his own ability sure. to, to keep doing it that yeah. he didn't chase it. Um, I right. think I just said when, when I was initially talking about it. I think I said Billich was undefeated. I meant Cartwright. But yeah, yeah. Um you know Billich has been around the block. I think it looked as if he was perhaps gonna uh, that was gonna be his last fight because he took his gloves off 
Yeah, um, yeah. I believe he left them in the in the cage afterwards, but I don't know that for sure. Um, right. But what a fight to finish a career on! I gotta say, I know he would have been disappointed that he lost, but yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah it was brilliant. He took some big shots. Oh, I did. Uh, you know, he finished five rounds. Yeah, weirdly, he looked more comfortable the longer the fight went on. I think that's partly because Cartwright's power diminished a little bit as a as yeah as the fight wore on. It was new rounds for both of them, championship rounds. I've done championship rounds, and um, it's a real test of character. You know, how, to, how to much have... of a difference is that from going from uh, like yeah. three rounds, your normal three rounds, to then those two Okay, championship rounds, rounds the, the defining difference really is is that when you're feeling the fatigue, um, also pain sets in. So, you know, things like leg kicks, body shots, uh, that you know, the swelling on your face. Uh, maybe if you've, you, you've had your nose broke, you know, the breathing starts to, mm. you know, really get affected. It's a real test of character. Um, yeah, only the toughest prevail and be effective in championship rounds. I really believe that. Um, yeah, it, it's the separation between you know regular fighters and and, and real serious fighters. Um, and both of them showed that they deserve to be in there for for, for title shots. You know, they, they can get through five rounds. These two, they've really really impressed me. Um, Cartwright, you know, did lose a little bit of the power as the fight wore on, but it was not a slow pace, and it wasn't like he was holding out to try to go over the five rounds. He was looking to put it away every single yeah, round. So, of course, some of the power is going to diminish. Um, it was never a slow pace. Rounds? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did. But let's not take anything away from Billick. Billick was you know, trying to find a way to win. A little bit of lack of posture control. Um, but I think... I, 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 just, I just think that it was still trying to nail a win right up until the last minute he was trying for an armbar. Just was never there for him. And, and, you know, going back to complimenting Cartwright as well, Cartwright, it wasn't like um, he was leaving it all just for the striking, which he so easily could have. He was actually engaging on the ground, and um, which was putting him at risk to a point because, you know, Billick's really good on the ground. He's got a really good guard, very dangerous guard. But Cartwright showed no fear to be down there, um, did a good job of stuffing and good job of regaining his posture um, to come out back to the feet and score on the ground as well as on striking. Impressive all-round performance. I, I can't see anyone right now um, on the European scene that's going to get near Cartwright. So, you know, yeah. I'm what... sure he's going to be staying there. He, um, yeah. Straight away in his interview, he was saying about UFC Dublin, he wants on that card. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at the UFC bantamweight division, there could, yeah. be, there could be room to bring him in. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he, and if he comes in, he's ready. Like a one-shot deal with mm -hmm. the, the on the Dublin card, and he yeah. is impressive. You know, yeah. they'll sign him up straight away because they won't want to risk losing him to, you know, to mm -hmm. Bellator. I know Cage Warriors have got like a link to the UFC. Yeah, but you know, yeah. Bellator have taken Cage Warriors fights fighters before. Yeah, yeah. You know, even like Tom, like we were just talking about. Um, mm. So I'm just going to quickly scan through the. The results really of the Cage Warriors main card. I'm not going to go into the the ins sure. and outs of each fight because I haven't seen all of them. Um, I saw most of them, but we'll be here all night if we go through everything. <laughs> um, so you had uh, the the main uh, the last two fights of the the pro prelims was Nathan Fletcher defeated uh, Johan Segas via TKO in round one. Uh, Jonas Maygard defeated Liam Gittins via a unanimous unanimous decision. 
Uh, then on the main mm. card, uh, Adam Will Adam Wilson defeated Scott Malone uh, by a submission in a rear naked choke in round two. I saw a few people on social media were surprised by that result. Um, I was more familiar actually with Scott Malone than I was with Adam Wilson, but uh, I saw the end of it and he looked looked impressive. Um, mm. Then we had uh, James Webb defeated Mike Stanton via unanimous decision. Uh, George Smith defeated Lucas uh, Marchinkowski via uh, armbar in round one. And Adam Proctor defeated uh, Mardus Flaminas via unanimous decision, which was, uh, I thought that was another very good fight. Um, And I thought Adam Proctor was very, very impressive. Uh, So Cage Warriors have got some massive, massive shows coming up uh, over the, the coming months, as well as the UFC. Uh, I yeah. know we, we talked about last week about uh, we'll test doing some watch-alongs for the shows, which are obviously on a, a reasonable time for us. Um, but obviously, we also have to work around your commitments to you know to your fighters and stuff on sure. Saturday nights and things like that. We'll get done whatever um, I'm available to get through. I, I'm willing yeah. to do as much as possible. But yeah, it does yeah, so have to fall in place it'd be a little nice bit. Nice to get that done, but obviously, yeah, if, absolutely. Well, you know, if you're at an event, then you can't mm. be doing a, a watch along. Um, yeah, unless you do it from you know by the cage. Yeah, yeah. On the, you know, while we're on the subject of cage warriors, um, there's one of my former students, Luke Shanks. He's going to be fighting uh, for for a title in the coming. I can't remember the exact date of it off the top of my head because um, I've got dates coming out my, my ears with um, other fight events with my own students. But Luke Shanks is a real talent when he was under us. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's a real real prospect, a really good striker. He's got some, some moves on the ground as well, but he chooses to mainly leave it for the feet. But he can fight on the ground too, this kid. Um, he now trains up in Scotland. Um, but they're doing a fantastic job of his game. Um and I mean, it's going from strength to strength, and uh, we stayed good friends. Um, and um, he, like he has with um, the, all of our team, really, we're always in contact with him. Um, so a little shout out for Luke Shanks. You know, good luck yeah. for when your fight comes up in the coming coming weeks. Um, you know, wish you all the best, and um, your team and your, your your new coaches that you have are doing a great job. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Excellent. I um, I was just looking then the the Cage Warriors London show is on March, which is a Friday. Yeah. But I would to have done our first watch along for that, or because I yeah. think the UFC uh, show is either the weekend before, or it might even be the Saturday. Um, right. But it's my son's birthday on the Friday, on the twentieth <laughs> of March, so I'm not sure it'll depend on the start time and thing whether I'll be able to do that. But, um, right, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's my son's. It's my son's birthday on the twenty-first. <laughs> ah, there you go. So but you know, I don't mind doing something. You know, we 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 always fit some things in with my son. I don't see much of him now since he's got a girlfriend. Women. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's my middle son, but my old. I didn't see much of my older son because he's either training or uh, right with his girlfriend. So yeah, yeah. Is. Um. So I think the first live watch along we'll probably do will be the week before that, which is the UFC London card, okay. uh, which is the 16th of March. So if you're sure. available, I think it's, oh, I might have also just looked at completely the wrong thing there. Um, 
because the main event, I believe, is Woodley and Edwards, isn't it? Yep. Uh, uh, I just want to double check the date. I oh, know it's the 21st. So, th- you know, that would have been a hell of a weekend because we could have. Uh... Oh, so I suppose if we were. Oh, yes, your son's birthday on a Saturday. Hmm. I was yeah, but don't, I, I can do stuff on the Saturday. I'll be doing right. something with him in earlier that evening. So if we need to do something, I'm still up for it. Because what I'm thinking is we could do the UFC London watch along. Yeah. Um, that begins at a time. Um, no, that be- so that'll be like the evening. But what I was thinking is if we go on air about maybe half hour to 40 minutes before the, we're going to start the watch along, we could cover the Cage Warriors show from the night before. Yep. And then do, you know, go into the watch along for the UFC sure. London. Uh, because there's some great fights. The card for yeah. that is really, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I've got a, a couple of, or a friend on there who's fighting in Jack Shaw. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there's also, we've got, it's an incredible card looking at it because you've got like John Phillips, who's obviously uh, Welsh. Then you've got Molly McCann on the prelims. They are both of them. I can't believe Molly McCann's on the, on the prelims, to be honest with you after her last fight was sensational. Um so we yeah, so we got John Phillips versus Dusko Torchevic, uh Molly McCann versus Ashley Evan Smith. Both of them are on the, the pre prelim card. There's also, you know, there's some other fights as well. Then mm-hmm. on the main card it's Jack Shaw versus Geraldo De Freitas, Darren Stewart right. versus Martin Vittori, uh Danny Roberts versus Nicholas Darby, Jack Marshman, uh another Welshman. Uh, versus Kevin Holland, and then the main event is Tyrone Woodley versus Leon Edwards. I thought uh, Jay Herbert was fighting on that card. I must have got that wrong. Mm. Yeah, he, oh, I know he is. He's fighting Mark Casey versus Jay Herbert. This is UFC debut, isn't it, Jay Herbert? Because uh, he was the Cage Warriors featherweight champion, I believe, or lightweight champion. But yeah, hell of a card. Um, and obviously, mm-hmm. on the the night before, you have the Cage Warriors show, which is Cage Warriors London, which has got uh, Paddy, the uh, Paddy Pimblers fighting, uh, and there's a couple of others, you know, big fights. So that's going to be one hell of a weekend for yeah. MMA fans. So I think that'll be a good weekend for us to, you know, try out the live the live watch along, see if people sure. like it, see if, see how we get along, and obviously, you know. Being in the UK, we don't always get to watch UFC shows at a decent time mm-hmm. um, to react, you know, live and stuff. Um, and it's always better watching uh, watching those yeah. live shows. Sure. Um, so yeah, and I believe it'll be on. I'm not sure if it'll be on BT Sport or whether it'll be on the Fight Pass because it's on on ESPN in America. So. Um, and Friday, Cage Warriors 1 1 to 3, uh, which is a very interesting card. Paddy, Paddy Pimblett, uh obviously returning to action is, yes. a, is a big deal for Cage Warriors company, I think. Mm. Um, because I do think, you know, even though he's not champion currently, I kind of think he's their main uh, drawing card in terms of bringing viewers in. Like, he's one of their biggest names, really, isn't he? Sure. 
in terms of you know in terms of uh, like fan base, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's got, a, you know, he can come back to the level he was at before. Oh, there you are, Luke. Uh, Luke Shanks is fighting on that card. Ah, um, on okay. Friday. Yeah. Uh, so the main four fights are Timblet versus Martinez, uh, Belrado versus Jones, Fadine mm. versus Shanks, and Sherrier versus Barnovich. Uh, for the interim featherweight title bout, and I'm guessing that the winner of the main event will probably get the winner of Paddy Pimblet and Martinez. Uh, yeah. I would imagine. Um, yeah, Luke Shanks fighting for the flyweight title. Is it Luke Shanks? Yes, that's it, Luke Shanks. Yeah, so he's fighting for the flyweight title on that card. Yeah. Uh, just quickly double check if there's any uh, prelim fights on there for us. Uh, nothing which stands out but we'll have a look um, but yeah I'm really disappointed I think I said this last week that the Cage Warriors uh, Academy show in Wales uh, I think it's next weekend is not on any streaming service which is right very disappointing but yeah I, yeah, I suppose I'll stream everything as, I mm, guess mm. Um, okay so last um, week yeah. myself on... and sorry sir I'm going to have to nip to the loop <laughs> oh, you're right no worries I'll, um, um, yeah, sorry. Can you right. edit that out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can crack it on. I might just leave it in there just to embarrass you. But, oh, yeah, no. no <laughs> yeah, anyways, only quick wee wees. But yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I won't yeah. be able to last that another hour. <laughs> oh, you're right. 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 Oh, back with you. Cool. Uh, so it's to be 20... Just, I'll make a note of the time, but just because. Yeah. Otherwise, they've got to scroll through it all. That's sitting in calf's drinking coffee all day, watching the fights. Yeah. That's what's done. <laughs> um, right. So, so last week, myself and Danny made our predictions for UFC 248. Um yeah. I just had a quick scroll through, and I think I won 3-2. Yes, you did. Yeah. Um, so the first fight we had was uh, Alex Oliveira versus Max Griffin. Uh, you had, last week, you had uh, Oliveira to win, and I had Max Griffin to win. 
Yes. Um, so, yeah, that was not the case. It was, it's a close fight, though. Um, Alex Oliveira yeah. won via split decision. Um, overall, how did you find this fight? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, yeah, hang on. Who did you have down for that? Did you say Max Griffin you had down for that? Yeah, I had uh, Max Griffin for that one. And you had yeah. Alex Oliveira. Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, really exciting. Uh, first round. Um, it's just the, the size of Alex Oliver. He, he looked really big. Um, yeah, he, he, he seems to be, seem to be really long and and just looked bigger than uh, than Max. Uh, but Max came out at a really fast pace, didn't he? Um, he, he really come chasing it down. Um and I was thinking, wow, you know, if it, if it carries on like this, it, this might not go the distance. Um, yeah, he, he looked really effective and really aggressive. Just seemed to have more energy about him in that first round. Um, you know, we, we, we weren't saying anything over, overly too technical or anything like that. It was just a lot of energy being used. Oliveira was trying to keep him up against the fence, um, but, but struggled, um, get, kept getting forced back out in the open. Um yeah, I, I feel like you know this this was going in uh, Max Griffin's favour in the first round. Um, he just it just seemed to be chasing it down a little bit more. Um, Ovalier, uh, um Alex was just like biding his time. It seemed um, he's just letting him use that energy. Um, still meeting him force on force somewhat a little bit, but was just not not coming off as well. Um, yeah, you know I, I, it was going Griffin's way um, from what I saw of the first round. Yeah, I thought um, I did. Like Oliveira tried to chase it down a lot. Um, uh, sorry, uh, Griffin. Mm. Um, he scored a couple of takedowns. He, you know, he he got he did get some ground to pound as well uh, later on in that first round. Yeah, Oliveira yeah. was scrambled to his feet. Um, yeah, Griffin was holding onto the cage a little bit as well, which I thought was a bit. Thought the referee was a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bit slow to compared to what they're normally like um yeah he was a bit slow but yeah uh, it was good yeah good, exciting fight though um, yeah it was it, it was good i think it was this one as well because i'm just looking at my notes i think it's this one that um on the site that i go on uh the second round was the same as the first so i didn't get to see the second round which i think Oliveira was dominant in but yeah I, I just couldn't get it i don't know whether you had issues Finding the second round, but yeah, I, had, skip to I, the um, I had the same issue with that. That round with that same site. I, for some reason, they played the the second yeah. round was not the, the right one. But um, yeah, I, did, so... I watched it. Um, in I did watch it, and the uh, the second round, uh, Oliveira got himself together a bit, and um, yeah, he just meant that he was more together, and he he, he was a bit tighter um, with his. Defense to Griffin. Um, was it on the ground or was it on the feet that he he uh, was getting so the better? So round two, uh, the it began with uh, Oliveira came out straight away and he was attacking Griffin with some leg kicks, mm. um, and they were quite stiff. And Oliveira uh, cracked him then with an uppercut to follow up. Uh, he right. grabbed Griffin, got him against the cage wall, um, which was a kind of theme. The um, the, the fighters were separated. The ref halted the fight then because uh, he wanted to check a cut on yeah. Griffin. Um, 
as the action resumed then, Oliveira was attacking with more leg kicks. Um, mm. And he seemed to be targeting uh, Griffin's legs to right. try and wear him down. Um, yeah. And obviously with his size advantage, I think yeah. that was taking its toll a little bit on uh, on Griffin um, in that second round. Uh, right. Oliveira had him backed up against uh, Griffin, backed up against the cage. He was swinging away, and uh, the fighters separated. Uh, Oliveira threw some front kicks to the body, and he looked for a takedown as the the round end ended. Um, but it was a comfortable ten uh, nine for Oliveira that second round. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. Did you see the third round? Or yes, yes. I got to see the third round. Um, you know, one thing that was impressing me was those uh, midsection teeps that Oliveira is throwing out. They look really long, really, really nasty and, uh, nasty and snappy. Um, you know, that, that was helping stopping Max do what he did in the first round in trying to, like, uh, rush in. Um, I think, you know, maybe coming out of that fast-paced first round, you know, maybe took something out of Griffin's yeah, game for the next two rounds. Um because he just didn't look quite as energetic um, and as formidable as he did in that first round. Now, whether that's trying to deal with the the size that it looked like Alvira had over him, or you know, maybe that that tied in on him. But yeah, he was just getting less effective. He did have some moments where he had um, Oliveira's back against the fence. He was holding like a crutch hold, holding it on the hip. Um, he had him up against there, but was really ineffective about trying to get any kind of takedown from there. Um, and then he was getting switched and getting his back put on the fence um, and then got got put to the to the ground. And, and from there, he made some some mistakes, really. He tried to turn his back at a wrong opportunity to try to scramble up. Didn't have the energy about him to scramble up again. I think it was just a little bit of the size issue and ended up giving into a mount position. And we was at this point only three and a half minutes left of the round. So um, a lot of the round to, to be stuck underneath. Um, a bigger, stronger Oliveira. Um, they had half half guard, I think, for a little while as well. You know, after he had been mounted, he got into half guard. But yeah, it, it was not looking like a very good half guard, and got mounted again. Um, it was a very, very weak half guard that he held, uh, and was just struggling to get up. I think fatigue was a huge factor. He was bleeding, blooded, tired, um, and give up the mount the mount position twice. Um, but again, you know, he had a little bit of moment again. I think about the 150 mark, he slipped off of um, Griffin's back. Um, I think this was not a case of th- that he was fatigued. I think he slipped off because of the blood and yeah. the sweat. It seemed that he slipped off. Of course, he was tired too. Um, but I don't think it was pure tiredness that he fell off the back. I think he literally just misjudged how slimy and slippery it was in there with the blood and the sweat and found himself underneath. Um, but Griffin, you know, really needed to shine there to try to steal back this round. Um, but I just think he, he had left um, all the remaining fight that he had. He got, he got left back in round one um, and was unable to really look effective in the top half guard that he had. And he really needed to look effective in that last part to try and steal back the round. Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting one because I th- feel like my impression was that because the, I think he, he went at hell for leather in that first round, because yeah. of the size difference. So I think he mm. thought that he could kind of catch Oliveira out. Yeah. Um, and then he, f- he suffered with a lot of fatigue, like you mentioned, and he tired. Yeah. 
But then right at the end of that third round, he, like you say, because of the blood and the, the sweat, Oliveira slipped off and Griffin was suddenly found himself in a position where he could do something. Yeah. Which didn't really, I don't know if he had the energy or he wasn't, he just wasn't able to really take take mm. hold and do something with it. However, um, he, Oliveira uh, defeated Max Griffin by split decision. So one of the yeah. judges actually had given... I'm assuming that third round to Griffin, yeah, yeah. Um, and all I can assume is that he gave him because of that last minute or yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. One of the judges obviously saw it as enough to pinch back the round. Um, Goes to show you uh, can to, never rely on no, what you no. Think the uh, judges are going to do. I, don't, I totally would never agree with that judge. Quite simply because the top position that Max had was a half guarded one. Um, you know, Oliveira both had you know two mount positions, a yeah. back take briefly, um, and half guard, and for a longer duration. So, yeah. So, yeah. Round to him, and obviously, the second round was clearly Oliveira's, and yeah. the first round was clearly uh, Griffin's. Yeah. So it was difficult yeah. to see where that judge got that for the split decision, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is why you can, as a fighter, I'd imagine, you can never go into a final round thinking, mm-hmm. oh, it's okay, I, you know, I'm up two rounds or three rounds yeah. because you just don't know how the judges will view different aspects of the fight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was an exciting, good fight, though. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, it was good. Next up was uh, Neil Magny versus Lee Jinglang. Um, this uh, was yeah, yeah. interesting. Interesting, oh. this fight, this was. Um Obviously, Neil Neil Magny's been around yeah. for a while, but yeah, because this was as impressive as he's ever been, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, he definitely looked good. It's been a little while since we've seen him. Um, I actually bet against him on this one, didn't I? This was uh, I, I, I thought, I, and I thought Neil Magny because he's had a bit of time out. I I just thought that he would be a little bit more rusty than he was, but he actually looked really quite sharp. I know that he's really, really good. He's got great cardio, but I just thought that timeout um, would, would have not have served him well. But it seems that that timeout has, has been a way to improve his skills. And he actually looks strategically really good um, and really know how to make that extremely long reach of his count. Um, yeah, he was quite impressive. Um, yeah, you've looked, you've talked pre on previous shows about um, like fight IQ. Yeah. Um, and I thought he showed really good fight IQ in this fight. Um, yeah. He managed the fight very well, um, as well as, you know, using his skills um, yeah. throughout the fight. Just thought he was very good. Um, yeah. Um, first round. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. I, normally we see uh, Li Jinglang uh, look a little bit more comfortable on his feet. But I think for the simple fact that um, uh, uh, Neil's got that long reach. And, and that real natural athleticism, I think this posed a real big problem for uh, Lee Lang Lee. He, he, he was expressing some really good head movements to avoid some of those shots, but those shots just kept coming. And inevitably, when you keep throwing shots, as much as you try to use your head to evade rather than block, some are always going to find home. And um, and it did. But in that first round, I, I, that for the first round started to go the way I suspected it to go, with generally clinching up and, and, and going to the back of, of Neil like he did. Um, I started thinking, well, okay, you know, I, I'm going to be right with this call 
for, for Lee Jang Lee to, to get the win. I was feeling kind of confident at this stage. I mm-hmm. thought, yeah, he's a little rusty, making mistakes up against the fence. But to be fair, you know, um, after that back take, he started to never look quite so dominant. Um, you started to see glimpses of what uh, Neil Magny was going to be capable of throughout the fight. He very t- quickly took his back in return, didn't he? Um, yeah. And, and managed to get Yang Lee down briefly. Uh, it was almost as if Magny was a little bit nervous for the first minute or two. Um, yeah. And then he just settled into his 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 plan. And, yeah. Um, as soon as he scored that takedown about, I think it was about halfway through the first round. That's right. Mag- Magny just looked comfortable. He looked as if that takedown gave him confidence. Um, he yeah. takes down uh, Jin Lang and he gets back control. Yeah. Jin Lang does scramble to his feet, um, but Magny then kind of holds him against the cage and they exchange some strikes in the clinch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Neil Magley, you know, used that wrong reach of his to his advantage again. He was reaching round the back up against the fence and yes. reaching to trap his arm. So again, you know, it, it seems like he's matured into, um, you know, using his body composition to to his fullest effect. You know, with that long jab that he has, that long reach, and then using that long reach to reach round the waist and grip at that other arm. And um, that's something that started to trouble Lee Jang Lee. Um, it was at this point towards the latter part of that first round that I began to think, oh, you know what? He's beginning to get his groove a little bit here. Are we going to see a theme continue as we go into the second round? I'm going to start losing this little mm-hmm. uh, this this little game that we got here. Um, yeah, he started, he started doing better and better as, as time went on. I think you're right that you know, the rust was beginning to perhaps get shaken off. Um, Jeng, Lee Jeng Lee did get uh, Neil Langley down again. For only for about 10 seconds, probably less than that. Just couldn't make anything. He got kicked back up um, by Neil. And that was on the feet to finish, finish the round. And it was really uh, Neil that looked like he was being the predator towards the latter part. Um, it's kind of a hard round to score, but I, I would probably you know push come to shove, give it to Neil. Um, See, I, just had, like I he... had that one down to uh, Lee Jang Ling. Yeah, it's hard for the way he started with the the punch combination and the yeah, got Magni up against the wall. Um, mm. But I could, if you like, I could easily see it going the other way as well. It was very close. yeah, very hard to score. Um, um, yeah, but you mentioned uh, Magni when he had him up uh, when he had Lee against the cage during the fight. Mm. He was using his right arm to go around the back. Of uh, yeah. Lee and hold, get kind of wrist control from round the back of the fighter, and it was really yeah. restricting uh, Lee Jang uh, Ling's ability to sort of get himself off the cage wall because his yeah. whole right side was being restricted. He wasn't yeah. able to, you know, strike in that clinch. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really uh, a good strategy. Yeah, absolutely was. Magny's game plan was obviously to get him against the cage a lot and yeah. hold him in position. I thought it worked yeah. really well for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did give that round to, to Lee yeah. just in my little score. Quite possibly, um, you know, you, you could, you know, very well be correct there. Um, yeah, hard to score, but, you know, it's close. Yeah, there was a few fights which were hard to score tonight, actually. Yeah, um, there was, yeah. Very, very difficult. Um, one of them I just gave up trying to score. Uh, <laughs> just enjoyed it. The um, second round begins is uh, 
Magni looks like he's really found his uh, his mojo, mm. if you like. He looks yeah. comfortable now. And, uh, yeah, it's almost. It was almost like him. He, he felt that he experienced all that Lee Jang Lee was going to offer yeah, for the night, yeah. and and was like, okay, I know what you've got now. Um, yeah, I also know where I where I need to get, and he got got after it straight away. It's like him. He, he wasn't too bothered whether it was out striking or or in the clinch. To be honest, sometimes he was choosing to clinch up himself. Sometimes it was forced upon him a little bit, but it it just didn't look out of his depth anywhere where it was gonna gonna go. Um, yeah, he, you know, he used his, um, his reach uh, well in that second round with some of the strikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he was hip-hugging him. Again, lo- using those long arms, he really dominated the, the hip through an angle. So he was, he was sidestepping to the side up against the fence and, and squeezing those hips in and, and kept tripping, tripping down. I mean, it's, a, it's not a pretty-looking takedown attempt, but they're yeah. so effective because it spoils those hips. And, um, and he kept getting him to the back of Lee Jeng Lee. Um, and then he was looking more and more aggressive from that back position with his strikes. Um, yeah, Lee Chang Lee looks a little lost at, at times. He was grabbing the fence at, at moments because I think he was a little bit... Didn't you know, know what to do. Yeah, didn't know what to do, and he knew he was going to get put down on the mat again. It was just scoring against him each time. So, yeah, he had a, a couple of cheeky little grabs against the fence. Um, but, you know, fair play to Lee Chang Lee. You know, he was reversing the position, Um this was now getting about three and a half minutes left in the round. He was reversing it, but then was getting his head stuffed. Uh, and then you see uh, Neil Magny try to power drive him. It looked like an attempt to power drive him. Um, you know, luckily he didn't go all the way through with it because I'm not too sure how that would have been seen. But um, it certainly was spoiling any takedowns attempts from Lee Jang Lee. Uh, and would, would, would have been tiring for Lee Jang Lee to be stuffed there with his head down like that because he really had nowhere to... To particularly go is um, a difficult situation yeah, for him. Li Zhang Li would have used up so much energy just trying to get himself kind of free from these clinches. Yeah, Magni, you know, kept putting him into, and he was using his hips and his body weight and his size yeah. as well. Um, yeah, and like I say, particularly when they were up against the cage, Li Zhang Ling did look a bit lost at where to go mm. from there. Um, yeah, it was it was an interesting fight. Um, mm. I was a little bit disappointed with Lee Jiangling's performance because I've seen him yeah. fight better. But I think yeah, he, I've seen him look more comfortable on the feet. He was very very good. Mm. More than yeah. that, I think. Yeah, I I I just think he normally conserves a little bit more energy and normally more relaxed in the striking. But I think the fact that Neil's got that such long range and that incredible cardio. He was able to make Li Jang Li always never comfortable there. Um, yeah. Yeah, normally, Li Jang Li has a, that really good stand-up form, and um, you're willing to stand in front of someone and, and just look relaxed. Um, he would just never look like he could relax at any point. Um, I think this ground down on him. Um, we still some see some good exchanges. Li Jang Li was still you know breaking free, looking for strikes of his own. Uh, at one point, rocking Neil a teeny little bit at, at times, it looked, looked like he may have rocked him a little bit, but it was so fleeting and brief. And Neil went back to it, pinning up against the fence, but they kept turning. You know, it, it was still competitive. You know, it wasn't completely one-sided, but it just seemed that the attempts Lee Chang Lee was doing were, were hitting a wall each time. And when Neil was doing stuff, it was just looking like um, it was being more effective each time. And Neil was striking and, 
um, using shoulder butts, knees in the clinch, being more diverse because he you know, had slightly better head position and arm position on their strangers against the fence, whether his back was against the fence or whether he was pushing Li Jiang Li's back against the fence. He was just looking like he was looking for the strikes, looking more diverse, um, looking like he had more energy. And on the breaks right at the end of that second round, he was looking really effective. He broke free, was looking at the knees and was peppering shots in. Um, it looked nasty. Li Dang Li's head movement was second to none, though, um, avoiding the main onslaught of those shots. But still, some of them were hitting home. And it was putting Neil ahead on the scorecard and finished with a takedown. I think, was it briefly into mount position? I think it was a mount position. It was a little bit hard to see where their legs was, but it looked like a mount position at the end of the second, which consolidated the win for that round. Yeah, it was comfortably uh, Neil Magny's round. But like you say, whilst we mentioned, like, Li Zhangling looked a little bit like he was struggling when he was up against the cage, he still, he was still in the fight and he was still, yeah. you know, he was still doing things to try and uh, reverse the clinch and mm-hmm. reverse different things that yeah. take downs and whatnot. Um, but Magni was finding his real fight. You know, he just found his groove uh, in yeah. that second round. The the third round began uh, with uh, Jin Lang. He came forward and he was trying to swing away at Magni, but Magni yeah. was keeping his distance while peppering uh, Jin Lang with some strikes. Jin Lang mm. does keep kind of charging forward because he knew, I think, you know, he knew it was a close, probably one round each, or he could have been even two down. Mm. Um, yeah. He landed a couple of leg kicks against Magni. Uh, Magni grabbed Jin, Ling, uh, Jin Lang and uh, gets him up against that cage wall again. And he nails Jin Lang with uh, some knee strike. Uh, there was one to the head, which was uh, quite good. Yeah. As they separated. Um mm. He scored a takedown against Jin Lang, gets to half guard, um, and he attacks him with the, the ground and pound. Uh, yeah. Magni also had back control at one point with landing some more strikes, and uh, he was kind of swinging away as as Magni was swinging away as the round ended. Mm. Um, and I thought it was a really strong performance by Neil Magni. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, he got stronger and stronger throughout the, the match, which is a really good sign that we're going to see good things from him. Um, like I said, I think it's been a little while since we've seen him. Um, yeah. But it looks like he, he's he's going to you know make a comeback and, and be back as a serious contender. I think he was in the top five, wasn't he, at one point? And um, yeah, you know, he's really there. right up there. With this kind of performance, it looks like you know he, he really could get, be getting back up there in short duration. Um, I, ho- I hope he gets another fight fairly soon, um, you know, so he can just build off of this performance and keep any of that rust at bay. Because um, the only time he ever looked a little fragile was in that first round, but it was nothing too bad. Um, started getting his groove within that first round and got stronger, stronger throughout. So I think this is just going to carry on into his next performance. Yeah, I think so. It was uh, final scores was. Uh... Unanimous decision, 30-27, to Magni. Yeah. And I think that was, uh, that was pretty much right. Um, yeah. Next fight was uh, interesting. Uh, Benil Dariush versus uh, Drakkar Closer. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Finished of it was scary. Yeah, it was. Um Yeah, because I, I, I had uh, Drakkar close down to win this. I, I thought he was going to knock... 
He looked uh, like he was. Not Daesh out. That's what I thought. Well, um, yeah, I'm just tr- yeah, just trying to recap. So the so the first round began with uh, Darius looking good. The attacks closer with a uh, a left followed by a body kick closer. That's right. Yeah, right. yeah. Fucking Darius with a few rights, and then Darius mm. grabs closer. He gets a takedown on him. Uh, closer gets back up, and Darius holds him against the cage wall. Uh, which we saw yeah. a lot of tonight, which was uh, yeah, we did fighters holding each other against the yeah. wall. Uh, Darius jumps on the back of uh, closer as he's standing. Darius yeah. peppers closer with some short range strikes, and yeah. Darius hunts for the rear naked choke as the yeah, uh, round the, ends and closer is defending it. That was round yeah, one, the, yeah, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought it wasn't going to go out the first round. Um, you know, Darius had that dominant back take. Um, you know, what, one thing I've always said about body triangles, whether it's on the ground or, or, or standing up, it's actually quite hard to finish. Yeah. Um, you're just you're just sunk that little bit lower down, so you're trying to do the choke with your arms in line with your shoulders, and um, this is kind of hard to finish because you, you you kind of you've got to use some arm strength yeah. to, to finish the, the yeah. choke. Whereas if you had your regular hooks in, their heads a little lower, and you're doing the special with your elbows a little closer to your to your waist, which makes you feel functionally stronger. Um, but nevertheless, it's still so close. There's a couple of chokes where I thought, oh, this is going to be over early. But he endured. He kept managing to strip those arms off. Um, and he managed to get to the end of the round. And the, the commentators were right on the money, really. It takes something out of you. To, you would think that the tiredness would be on uh, Draco Close, carrying both their body weights. But it's not actually the case. This is why they always go to the cage. They go to the cage because they can prop themselves up and take some of that weight off them. So really, the tiredness is going to be all put on Daesh, um, you know, staying on his back like that. Um, so the second line of strategy to come out fast and hard, which Drekker Close did, and I think these cornermen were calling for, was a really good strategy. So we ended up with an explosive, exciting start to that that second round. Yeah, I think uh, Darius looked tired. Uh, Benil Darius looked tired at the start of the second round as well. Yeah. Um, and it began with uh, Closer just attacking Darius with some mm. leg kicks. Then yeah. he, he had an accidental low blow um, and the fight yeah. was briefly halted. But then the fight resumed. Closer, it was almost like Closer got really annoyed by the low blow because he just ended up cracking Darius with a right and he was... Yeah, a, a couple of leg swinging. kicks as well. It, yeah. He landed some really hard-looking leg kicks as well. Yeah, he, he was coming out chasing it, which is absolutely what he should have done. But um, they both ended up rocking each other, and, and they both carried on throwing down the shots. And as much as I like to see it, I wouldn't like to see it from my own fighter because you're just putting things up in there in the percentages of who's going to get lucky. And um, not that I believe in luck, it's something I keep reiterating, but when you're throwing down like that, the, the so prediction open, of... Yeah, the prediction of who's going to win is, well, who's going to land first. Um, yeah, because um, Closer, he kind of crushed him with this massive swinging counter right hook. Yeah. Um, and he had Darius backed up and back. He really looked like he was going to finish mm. him. And then yes. all of a sudden, Darius came out wildly swinging and Darius yep. fired back and he rocked him with a combination uh, which finished with a left hook, which knocked his mouth guard kind of half yeah. out of his mouth, which made it look even more sensational Worse. in yeah, terms yeah. of the way it looked. But it was a huge shot. But what a round mm. of uh, MMA. Just hell for leather. 
Yeah. Punch for punch, strike for strike, yeah. just bang. But yeah. yeah. Like, I would imagine as a coach uh, and as a team, there's probably quite stressful because it was so yeah. open. It was kind of yeah. like wildly just pushing forward and swinging from mm. both men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoyable, though, to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but well done to Daesh, you know. He, uh, he he goes on with another win under his belt. He'll be stepping up more and more. Um, yeah, I do worry. Is... Uh, I do worry about his ability to strike, though. I know he won by knockout, but I don't know. It did, didn't. It didn't look a tidy performance in terms of his striking. Uh, we know his grappling's great, good. Was it? No. Like, um, in terms of his technique and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure, he could take a punch. Um, mm. I thought. He did look rocked just before he, he finished the fight. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought he was on the right, dissolve. The one yeah, counter I thought... uh, hook mm. looked nasty. Yeah. Uh, but, he, you know, he took it, took it on the chin, as it were, and yeah. pushed forward. But, yeah, they were they were wild and they were open. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of wild and open and a bit of a slugfest, uh, next up, we had the women's UFC strawweight championship match between uh, Zhang Hueli and Joanna Jacek. Yeah. Quite frankly, this was one of the best fights I've ever seen, um, men or yeah. women of all time. Yeah. This is 100% going in the UFC Hall of Fame as a fight. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely sensational. Um, obviously, we'll break it down now, but like, just how good was this fight? Uh, um, man or woman, uh, this to me was probably the, the the best stand-up confrontation between two individuals that I've ever seen in MMA. It was so equal, but they're different in their body composition, which make it interesting. Um, different style of striking. Um, uh, it's just a, I give up writing notes. <laughs> Because yeah, things were happening, it was ridiculous. Um, and, and none of the rounds were really any different from any other round. It was a complete throwdown, uh, but all technically based. Uh, Joanna looked incredibly crisp. Her volume of striking was incredible. I think she just lacks a little bit of the outright power to really put someone in their ass with a single shot. She's definitely a combination-orientated striker. She used to have that, though, didn't she? Like, earlier, in, where before she lost her championship, mm. she was knocking out women. Um, I think it was just because... Yeah, yeah, I think it's just because, um, you know, back at that time, you know, people were a little bit unaware of, you know, how she's coming in with her strikes and stuff, and they was getting hit, hit a little cleaner. Um, but I think once people cottoned on to, you know, her style, if you will... And they started getting a little bit more effective in surviving with her a little bit more. Um, yeah. But, I, I mean, it was just it's just incredible. I mean, the volume that they both threw was impressive on its own. But the way they stayed clinical as well, never was their guards astray. Never was their head work particularly out of position. Never was their footwork off balance um, other than trying to exchange a, a, a takedown attempt. Um, it was absolute awe-inspiring performance and um, anyone getting into M- MMA, anyone really well-established in MMA would uh, do themselves uh, a disservice in not watching a bout like this because um, not that it had it all in terms of like there wasn't hardly any ground, but in terms of MMA striking, 
takedowns attempts, a defensive takedown, really good cage work. This had it all in that aspect. Um, just, just it was just beautiful to watch. Just so excited. I was on the edge of my seat throughout uh, entertainment from the get go. But how do you break down each and every individual yeah. rounds? Okay, so you had slight diversities in it. Um, um, where you had uh, how'd you say her name? Wally uh, uh, Zhang. Is that how you pronounce yeah, her Wally, name? Wally, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, she was the one that was perhaps trying to mix it up a little bit with some takedowns attempts. Um, made her look a little bit possibly more diverse. She had a little bit more power in her hands, which was probably why it was beginning to mark up Joanna a little bit more so as the, as the rounds progressed. But the person who was wearing the damage in the first two rounds w- was Wally. She, she, she was really looking bruised up around her eyes. Um, and this did steadily get worse throughout. But she weathered it really, really well when you think. When you, when you take the first round through to the fifth, she never got any or, or she did get progressively worse but it was not getting as bad as it was for joanna joanna went unscathed looking for the first two rounds and then three four and five we saw this hematoma appear and um, and and her nose got knocked sideways i think in round four yeah it, it was an awful looking shot just like one of those ones but did it stop her being in the pocket no, it no. didn't stop her being in the pocket. She stayed trading. Crazy. Her volume was still just as ferocious. Incredible. It was, we've been treated like this is our 10th show since we've been doing these now. Mm. And um, we've been treated to some really, really great women's MMA mm. since we've yep. been doing it. Like We've been very lucky. Um, yeah. But this was just like another level of just striking was sensational. Yeah. Um, oh, could... I mean, I know we criticise judges and stuff, but good judge, bad judge. How do you judge each and every one of these rounds? It's so, so difficult. Well, I So, think, so difficult. Um, like, I think no one would have complained if they'd given it to Joanna, John Jacek. But yeah. I did think that it was the... Oh, I've, I've lost you, Si, if you're still there. Sorry, that was me. I picked it by accident. Um, (laughs) I did think it was the right decision to give it to Yang Wally. Um, I felt that she... I felt it was so hard to score. Um, But like you said, she was more diverse in the things she was trying to do. She also did the most damage. In the end, I kind of went with that. Yeah. The deciding factor because the striking was so even. Yeah, um, I think the volume went in um, Joanna's favour. I think she yeah. threw and landed the most um, marginally, um, but not by much. But she definitely wore it on her face more. Um, did you see some of the slow-mos when she was hitting the hematoma when it spread over her forehead? You see the slow motion, you see all that blood and liquid in there. Ah, mm. oh, crikey, I mean, brave. What was causing that swelling? I mean, this is a bleeding between the, you know the the bone and the skin. It's it's it, it happens on bony areas, so you, you'll you'll get it on the forehead, on the cheekbone, um, on your shin. Um, you don't get them on the fleshy parts, so you're not going to get it on the top of your arm. You'll more likely get it on your forearm. So it's it, it's where it's bony, and you're basically getting um, you know uh, a, a bruise effectively that's heavily bleeding under the skin, and it creates this uh, hematoma. Um, 
Yeah, it was a really ugly looking. Swollen, didn't it? And I think. Yeah. That if it had got much worse, then the doctor probably would have been in there. I did wonder whether they was gonna. I mean, if it had opened up, if she had got cut, I think as a strategy. Um, I once I saw that hematoma, I would have been calling for Wally to do uh, elbows, because if it opened up, that would have bled so heavily, and yeah. um, on the forehead above either or eye, that could have been a stoppage. So I would have perhaps liked to have seen some elbows going in um, a little bit for more frequently, maybe especially on the break against the cage. But yeah, um, one other thing that impressed me with Joanna is a, 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 um, a skill in you know anti wrestling about pummeling and, and stopping and stuffing and stifling takedown attempts. She seems to have got this down to a T. She's um, got better and better and better there. Definitely, hasn't she? Joanna yeah. JJ, um has improved considerably uh, in the last year or so. Um, yeah. Her all-round game, particularly her defensive side of her game. Uh, yes. Because obviously she went on a tear as a champion before and, and yeah. she was beating all, everyone and all comers. Mm. Um, and maybe I think, it's only my personal opinion, but I think maybe she wasn't working on defence that much. Like she would have been, yeah. but like not mm. maybe. I think she was more focused on what she was going to do from an attacking point of view. Yeah. But since she lost the title, I feel like she's got better with every fight. Um, yeah. And, you know, this was just absolutely sensational. Um, and I, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, would, I think they'll run it back as soon as they're both fit. I think they'll do it again. And Yeah. Why I mean, that, this, this has got us up taking something out of them in their, their, their longevity of their fight yeah, creep. I do think some fights take something out of you. And you've got to wonder whether it has. Um, but, yeah. Um, I, I just want to reiterate, you know, this is possibly one of the best striking I've seen out of men or women. Um, you know, I, I don't like to really push to do the segregation. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the women's bouts have been around a lot less long as, as the men's have in terms of the UFC. And, um, but already I think we've seen something that's probably been the best performance and, and grit and determination between two athletes, regardless of whether they're male or female. This, this is going to be hard to beat for a long, long time. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're possibly going to see this bout happen again um, in the future. Let's give, him some, um, let's give him six months to recover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're definitely going to need time to recover. But you know, one uh, strategy change that we see from Joanna, um, which I think deserves to be mentioned, is the fact that she started to go uh, southpaw. And um, you know, she knew this was a close fight. And um, whether it's a, the experience of a camp that suggested for the, her to do this or whether it's a decision on her own, she switched stance, not because a, a leg was injured or, or anything, because normally you'd see a switch of stance um, yeah, for long duration because her leg's been damaged. Although she was taking punishment on it, it was never bothering her um, in, in any meaningful way. But she switched her stance up to start to look for that head kick and body quick to try to create you know, that, that finish. She was, she, you know, that was her way of trying to put that fight to bed because... Just her hands alone didn't seem power enough. And I think she knew yeah. that. But she knew she could have power if she switched the stance opposite to Wang Li and, and tried to nail that head kick in. So, you know, really impressive that she was still able to keep her faculties about herself to, to be strategical and to make adaptations to try to win outright. She knew it was really close. She knew she was throwing down with someone who could throw down equal to her. And so she tried to switch her stance up to try to add a little bit more power, a little bit more opening to her kicks to try to cause that finish. It's a great strategy. Didn't pull off for her, 
but it was good to see nevertheless. And I think it goes to show we're seeing a um, an advancing and improving Joao. Um, we're going to see more success from him, I'm sure, in the future because of this. Yeah, and like we talked about the fight just before this, uh, Benil Darish versus uh, Drakkar closer, mm. and we talked about like how wild and open their strikes yeah. were, and like the way that fight finished technically wasn't great, apart from the no. final punch. Yeah, Whereas this was five rounds of toe-to-toe mm. striking, which yeah. was technically excellent with combinations yeah. and spinning yeah. back fists, and but it was all technically. Mm. You know, perfect. Um, yeah, it, it it was clinical on both very, fronts. Very, both of them had yeah. high guard at all times. Um, no, no arms went wayward. Um, but you know, as much as they had really tight form, good head movement, good footwork, they was able to find each other's face and legs and bodies time and time again for entertainment. You know, what can happen between two really skillful people is that they end up being too shy to throw at each other. If they outmatch it in, they just don't feel that it's right. They put the feeling of whether something was going to land or not to one side and just get straight tucked in. And um, this is something I find women do more. Um, you know, maybe it's because they never have, they less have the one punch knockout that we see with men. And and so that's probably why you get the, the throwdowns and, um, and, and, you know, this, this fighting in the pocket for longer combinations. Uh, but that's great entertainment for, 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 for us. And and this was the problem with writing notes. Not only was there so much going on that I, I, I just ended up, I mean, there's smoke coming off my pad. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's towards the end part of the second round. I thought, oh, you know what? I'm just going to watch this and write key points if there's any. But yeah. there was it was hard to pick out any key thing really other than it was yeah, just yeah, great was to it. watch. You just had to watch it as a fan. Yeah, and I like I think I I think I didn't score three of the rounds because I just mm. there was so much going on. It was constant. It was just well, yeah. Well, you just got to sit back and enjoy. Um, yeah. And I think they'll run it. Like I said, I think they'll run it back. Um, Zhang mm. Li uh, defeated Joanna John Jacek by split decision, 48 yeah. 47 about as close as you can get. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it deserved that close result. And sometimes when you get these big fights, they 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 flatter to deceive, like Styles mm. makes fights. Um, yeah, and these two women, from a stylistic point of view, were just went toe to toe for five rounds, and it was beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah. it's going to go down as an uh, all time great. That one. It, the, the beauty of MMA is no fight is the same. You never know how fighters are going to react and mm. behave in certain fights. And then the main event was the UFC middleweight championship, which was Israel Adesanya undefeated yeah. versus uh, UFC veteran, ranked number three, Yoel R- Romero. Um, yeah. You know, everyone thought Romero might be the one to give him trouble. Yeah, um, and everyone thought this was going to be like a bit of a blockbuster of a fight because Stylebender's uh, style is just so um, diverse and aggressive, yeah. and he's you know he's been knocking people out all the way since yeah. he came to UFC. Your Romero's got this incredible power which he can bring from nowhere. Yeah, and um, they had a ball fest on. They was absolutely yeah. oh I, I, yeah I, yeah. Um... A very strange start from Romero. Um, he'd come out and 
and didn't move. Yeah, it's like um, so high. Uh, yeah, and at, at first, and he... yeah, at first yeah. I was thinking, okay, this is. I, I thought it was done as a bit of a joke thing to to maybe mock Adesanya. And at first it was funny and good. I was thinking, oh, what the hell is going to happen? I thought something was going to break out and be big. But it stayed like this for, I don't think anything was really thrown um, for the first three minutes. It was a, um, a really strange start I, to a fight. I meant to write it down. Um, I think I wrote it on my pad, which is upstairs. I think it was something like Adesanya threw about three, landed about three strikes. And yeah. Romero landed about five in the first round, which tells yeah. you. Yeah. I, yeah. I I gave yeah I gave Romero the round because yeah, you know the things he did throw were more consequential, um and when he did throw it looked like wow you know he had such incredible timing for that rear hand of his, um mm. you know he, he's in southpaw stance and and he he would duck a shot to throw his cross hand, um and they were fleeting, um, you know uh, uh, of potentiality of what could have gone down, um but it was like well. He was sitting and waiting, hoping that these handful of strikes, throwing hard as he could throw, were, were going to knock him out with, with one strike. Maybe he was just holding all the energy for those five five shots that he threw in that first round. But you know, equally was confusing was Adesanya. You know, he's got the range, the height, and the looser striking. I, I was expecting to see him open out to keep him at bay more, but it, it it was like he was too shy to come into Romero's potential crazy power. And um, Romero is waiting for such a perfect strike that it just was never really coming about for him. It's, it was strange. It was really strange. And and like you say, disappointing. I, I thought it might liven up for the second, the second round, but um, that started to very quickly go the same way. Very, very slow paced. And, you know, I was disappointed in both. I think they equally, uh, equally were to blame for this performance. Um, I, I, I just thought Atasanio was going to put it on him from from, from the outside range, which began to happen in the latter rounds. But um, by then, I think we was already um, bored into disinterest in the match. Um, I don't want to sound harsh, but I think when you're no. fighting for a title, do exactly okay. that. Fight for your title. Um, it, it, it was just strange. You've got yeah. this thing where so you've got uh, Israel Adesanya undefeated, spectacular knockouts all the way. Yeah, calling out John Jones, arguably mm. the greatest of all time, to try and get this yeah. big super fight. So now's yeah. your chance to go into your first title defense. Go and yeah. take out a legend like Yoel Romero, regardless of yeah. what you think of Yoel Romero, whether he should have had this, you know, whether he should have been the one to have this title fight. Um, yeah. He does, yeah. You know, he's got a following. He's 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 got the power to knock people out. Mm. Um, and neither one of them, Romero. You said it beautifully just now. Romero was looking for the perfect shot. Yeah. And Adesanya was keeping his distance, but yeah. wasn't keeping his distance in the way that we all expected. We all expected him to keep his distance. Yeah. I expected I mean... him to be hitting high kicks, low kicks. Using his yeah, I mean, my, my strategy for uh, Adesanya, if I was in his corner or in his fight prep for his, for his strategy, I'd be saying, look, keep him at range, and 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 but keep on him, you know, keep something going out at him at all times. Mm-hmm. You know, he's fit enough, he's got the a good enough timing and and the diverse enough striking to to have kept poking something out of Romero and grind him down. Romero's a big, solid 
guy that has showed fatigue in previous fights and he ain't a young man as much as he's a physical freak and he's absolutely that age will always get older of you in the end and he, and he was what 42 43 years old um and we have seen him flag before um you uh, you would think that over those five rounds atasanya would have strategized to to fatigue uh ramiro to give him a chance to stop him but um maybe you know we're not in there at the end of the day and mm -hmm. He is a complete freak, Ramiro, and maybe he did feel the power of a couple of those shots and thought, you know what, he could put me away here and played it safe. Um, he did, but I mean, safe terms, he is boring. <laughs> yeah, it is. He did. Uh, he tore up uh, Romero's leg. Uh, yeah, throughout. He did do was he just kept smashing away at it, and yeah. by the third round, you could see the it was his leg looked like a cheese grater. Where it yeah. just, it's going out in lumps, um, yeah. But I mean, other than that, like, like I'm expecting like high kicks and spinning kicks and all these things we've seen from Adesanya, which I thought he could use to get at Romero, yeah. And you just didn't really see any of it. You yeah, didn't yeah. See any aggression from any of them until the final ten seconds of the fight when they yeah, yeah. To get irritated with each other. Yeah, where the crowd booing and. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was overall disappointing, I've got to say. Um, yeah, but um, I, I mean, I scored the first round for Ramiro. The second round I did for Ramiro just because, you know, the things he did land were yeah, looking really too. physically consequential. But after that, um, it's like, you know, it goes back into that, you know, he's waiting for that perfect shot, but no longer really had the energy to, to, to follow up with anything. And it, yeah. Yeah, he just looked like um, he was a, not even a sitting duck because he wasn't a sitting duck as such, but he was just unwilling to chase down to try to push close. And he has to do that because um, his body composition is shorter and he has less, so much less reach. You, you kind of have to push through to, to get your shots to land. And he was not doing that. He was waiting on a single individual strike each time. Um, so Adesanya started gaining confidence in that third round uh, and like you say, started picking away at, at the lead leg and it, and it did start to really grate on him um, and maybe was it, you know, oh, something that slowed him down even more. It was slow anyway, but maybe, mm. you know, put Ramiro to a complete stop. Ramiro had some successes of his leg kicks of his own on Adesanya. Um, I think to have kept the action going rather than waiting for the perfect hand strike, it would have been nice, been nice to see Ramiro keep targeting the leg of Adesanya. And then I think Adesanya wouldn't have been able to target his leg so much. Yeah, yeah, because um, he was Ramiro really connected nicely a couple of times with Adesanya's legs. And I think, you know, we would have seen a, a closer fight, a more active fight potentially, but it was not the case. Um, Ramiro began to, to, to fade in his effectiveness um, from round three through to round five. Um, you had a little display of action towards the latter part of that end round. But other than that, there's not a lot to talk about with the fight. A bit of a, no. a fizzle out. It's like um, you know getting a firework from a shop as a kid because it's got really good pictures and colours yeah, on yeah. it. And, and you take it home and, and it's a complete flop. It's just a, a quick spark and a puff. And you're yeah. like, well, is that it? Um, yeah, that's how I saw this performance. But styles make fights. Stylistically, maybe that's what stopped it from being good. On paper, it looked it looked good. But what's for Ramiro now? You, you know, he's not a young man. Yes, he's a genetic freak. But where does he go from here? I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to see a 
Adesanya versus Whitaker rematch. Um, I think that, that would be, be good. Yeah, that um, would be good. And the problem is now for Adesanya as a as a kind of brand and as a fighter, if he wants that John Jones fight, which I'm not entirely sure he'll get, because I don't know if John Jones will come down a weight. Uh, yeah, down weight. But um, I had it as Romero won the first round. Romero won the second round. Then I yep. had Adesanya, Adesanya, and then I had Romero winning the final round, and I had Romero winning the fight. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I very, I, very slightly. As uh, I had it at forty-eight, forty-seven to Romero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I knew it was going to be I close, but um, well. yeah, I just gave the last three rounds to Adesanya because he was doing the damage. Really, uh, Adesanya yeah. come out unscathed. Yeah. Yeah, but what can you say? You know, not all fights are going to be exciting. I think the, the, the fact that we had such an exciting female bout that was fast-paced and so much was happening and, and, and we see two, two females go at it and, 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 and fight practically to the death. They certainly look willing to. And then we see two people who looked a little gun-shy um, was put it in total opposite spectrum so that made it look even worse the fact that we had to watch this after yeah, two lot lighter people that were really really active uh, it just made it look even slower maybe because our eyes have all got um accustomed to that fast pace um beforehand but look it is what it is and um i'm just kind of curious to see what ramiro is going to do now whether he's going to continue um there was no hints that he was going to be retiring but i just don't know yeah. where his direction is from here yeah, it's difficult to see where he's going to go. Um, yeah. So the predictions uh, wise, uh, Alex Oliveira versus Max Gre- uh, Griffin. Uh, you yep. had Oliveira, I had Max yep. Griffin. So you had uh, that one. Yeah. Then uh, Neil Magny versus uh, Lee Jang Ling. Uh, yeah. I had Neil Magny. You had Lee. Uh, yeah. Benil Darish. I had Benil Darish. You had Draco Closer. So I yep. had that one. Uh, mm-hmm. We both had uh, Yang Welly. Um, yep. So we both had that. And I had uh, Israel Adesanya. So I yep. won. One, two, three, four, two. Yep. So that means yep. I'm one, you, one, you nil, one nil after yeah. the Superstar Prediction Series <sighs> the Baton Show. That's okay. I'm the comeback kid. <laughs> That's the one. Um. So we have got a couple of questions just to finish off uh, okay. before we finish. Uh, just going to bring them up, he says. Uh, but guys, if you've got any questions for Danny, uh, they could be anything on combat sports generally. Uh, you could send them to Twitter and Instagram at acecast underscore nation, facebook.com slash acecast nation, or you can email acenetworkcontact at gmail.com. Uh, oh, there you go. We'll do this one first. Uh, Peaches wants to know why was Romero versus Israel Adesanya so shockingly bad? Yeah, I mean, we can only speculate, really. Like I say, it could be down to styles. It might have been that Adesanya f- felt the power of Romero and w- was totally sh- shocked uh, and made him a little, a little bit shy to open up in you know too much. Um, we could put it down to that possibly, um, and for Ramiro, you know, it, it, you know, he, he's an explosive fighter, and this is five rounds, so I think he wanted a slow start, 
Um, he got the slow start, but it never really got going. Um, yeah, uh, Styles. Um, I don't know what else to say about it, really. Um, you just don't yeah, expect it it's, it's, like, to be like that. It, obviously, Styles Munich fight, and it wasn't what we expected, was it? No. Um, I, th- I do feel that as the challenger, Romero's got to do more. Um, i got to say that. And I think he was too so yeah. dependent on looking at yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Romero should have looked a little bit more hungry to take that title from him. And I think when you are the challenger, you have got to uh, take it to them a little bit. Of course, you've got to strategize for the fight in hand, but you've at least got to leave it all in there. Romero did not leave it all in there. Uh, yeah, biggest fight you yeah. like. Yeah. Make sure you don't come out of there looking or feeling like you haven't left it all on the table. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I just look at that and I wonder whether both can do that. But then Israel Adesanya yeah. did enough to win or keep his title. He did. He's also very, you know, he's young and he's going to learn all the time. Whereas Romero, yeah. you're talking, you know, is coming to the tail end of his career. Yeah. Maybe I think he'll probably be disappointed that he didn't maybe. Yeah, I don't think either of them would be happy with the performance. No. Yeah, they, they, none of them would be happy with that performance. Uh, or they shouldn't be anyway. No. Um, uh, but yeah, we can just write this one off and, and just look forward. As Adesanya, I still think, is going to produce some really exciting performances in the future. Um, as will Yamiro if he chooses to fight on. We know they've both got the potential to perform excitingly. Um, but it ain't all about excitement. It's about results as well. Um, I, I just think you know, you, you, there's you can find the balance and, and, and put the offering of a exciting fight and, and play safe with your strategies too. What the strategy was um, from, from both their perspective, I, I just don't know. Adesanya should have been um, being active and creative from range and trying to wear Romero out. And Romero should have been pushing close and, and trying to be um, creative as he comes in with spinning back fists, um, you know, jumping knees. He should have been putting more of that that sort of scenario down on Adesanya. I, I think it was all for Ramiro to look to finish and it was all for Adesanya to um, pick apart and stay at range. But it didn't happen that way. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, so we've got the next question is from Davey who says, uh, why is Tom Mearns struggling to get momentum back since his injury? Uh, is it uh, attitude or mental or is it just a case of getting his head back down and getting back into the flow. Yeah, okay. So, you know, like I say, he's had a lot of things going on in his private life that, you know, some things, you know, have got to be left private. Um, but, you you know, I, it's, it's always hard to not sound like you're making excuses for anyone. But, you know, he, he hasn't been himself for a little while. He's been going, you know, he's really gone through a lot in recent years and just taken on this new job. He, he didn't have a job for a while. He, he was going from job to job, getting laid off for whatever reason. Um, so that's always disrupting for your life. Um, um, and it's not easy for these fighters trying to you know, make a fight career for themselves at pro level on Cage Warriors Bellator, which is what he's been fighting on, which is, you know, you're, you're, you're up against full time athletes quite often. But for these people trying to cut up the ranks, got to hold down jobs. Um, yeah, I think people forget that sometimes, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's been difficult. And, you know, me and Tom have had history, you know, in recent times where, you know, he was no longer under our club for a little while. Um, we had fallings out. But that's been put to bed. We've put that to rights. And we're back on track with that. Um, 
yeah, it's just it's just been a lot for the kid to to deal with. But you know, we saw a sharper Tom. He he is yeah. getting back on track. Um, for me personally, my next advice for Tom um, is to get back competing grappling tournaments. And um, back when he, he was looking at his best in MMA was when he was competing really regularly. Um, so when I say competing, I think it's really important. I do push my guys to do grappling tournaments, both no gi and gi, for the simple fact of getting experience at being a competitor. Um, it just helps you deal with the nerves and helps you um, up your pressure performance. So what I mean by pressure performance is, is that when you're in your club and your own environment and you get, say, people from other clubs come down, you're always going to perform better because you're on your own turf. Um, so your preference performance is always going to be to your max. But when you compete both, um, you know, on your cage warriors, on your Bellator, on your UFC, or go to another club, you always slightly underperform. Um, it's not always the case for everyone. I think there's um, some, some people out there that are so great at performing to their best ability, um, regardless of what format is on. Um, so I would like to see Tom get back to competitive ways um, and competitive habits throughout the year uh, that in between his bouts that he has uh, under cage warriors, he's getting one or two, maybe even three grappling tournaments under his belt. Because um, I think that's all that's lacking in this fight. He, he was showing that he was the um, potential better fighter. He was really looking good right up until that submission. But MMA is what MMA is. Many, many ways to lose. And um, yeah. his opponent managed to find that way, way to win. And that isn't getting lucky. You know, he, he's clearly looking for that triangle. It was the second one he, he prepped up on Tom. He nailed him with the second one. Um, I don't think it was his game plan to be on his back to get a submission. I think everyone wants to be on top if they're in a ground scenario initially. Um, but he threw up what he threw up and he got, got what he, he went for. Um, and we've got to commend him on that. For Tom... I think if he'd done some of these grappling tournaments and, and be more com um, competitively um, less rusty, um, I'm firing on all cylinders. I think he would have survived the, those triangle attempts um, and defended them a lot earlier than, than he was defending them and would have gone on to win by decision or, or by finish. Um, but, you know, Tom isn't of that, 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 um, uh, that clarity, um, where everything's firing on all cylinders just yet, but we've certainly seen that they're nearly there. So, hey, look, let's push on for the next one. Let's hopefully get him to compete in, in some jiu-jitsu tournaments and no-gi tournaments, and I think we'll see a high-pressure performance, Tom, in the next bout. Fair enough. Um, just quickly, what's the difference in the grappling tournaments between gi and no-gi? Like, or not, not what's the difference. I know what the difference is. But like, uh, what difference does it make in terms of uh, the difficulty in doing it or the technical side of it? Okay, so well, um, what I'd say is in, in nogi, um, you have less direct control, so you, you'll see less pinning. Um, you, there's less stalling in in nogi. It's um, you know, it, it's more transitional. Um, we've seen you know, little patterns. Um, we went through guillotine stages with Marcelo Garcia. You know, he, he was nailing people with guillotines. So you see guillotines go through a fashion. Now it's gone for quite a long duration now. We're seeing a lot of leg top transitions. Um, uh, so, you know, you know, the big thing between gi and no gi is um, in, in no gi, because you don't have 
the control of the the jacket on the upper body, you can sit back for leg locks a lot more. Um, you don't see leg locks so much in BJJ quite simply because they can hold on to your jacket. You can't sit back so well. Um, but in, in terms of skill set and why I tell students to both train gi and no gi in preparation for their MMA, you know, a lot of them will sometimes argue the point at first because they'll do a couple of gi classes and they'll be like, well, I don't like this. I feel all smothered and restricted. And how's that going to help my MMA? Well, here's how I think it helps. When you make a mistake with a certain grip or you give up a position or you don't defend your leg position when you're on the back and you allow someone to dominate both your trouser legs, they're going to pass easy. Um, they're going to punish you for every little mistake you make. So, and also it improves your base and your balance when you're on top. Um, why is that? Well, it's because when you're underneath and you can grab the sleeve, you can grab the collar, you've got good leverage points to attack the person who's on top's base. You, 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 you can attack the base in so many more varied ways. Um, so it helps you uh, being a top game player to have a, a, a better sense of, of being on top and staying on top. Um, it generally makes your game tighter. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like learning these things, you see. Yeah. Um, and Johnny said, I really enjoyed your predictions last week. Will we get these every week? Uh, and I, uh, I will answer that and say yes. So mm -hmm. next Saturday, to finish off the show now, we'll do the predictions for next Saturday. Uh, I've got okay. a card up in front of me. So it's UFC Fight Night 170. And it's a very right. good card, actually. Uh, so you've got... Uh, the main event is Car uh, Kevin Lee versus Charles Oliveira. Who yeah. Got? I'm going to go Charles. Oof, I, I was going to go Kevin Lee, so that works out. Okay. I knew you was going to go Kevin Lee, so I thought I'd be different. <laughs> there we go. Uh, next, I know. I think I know who you're going to go for in the next one. Uh, so the next one then is Damian Meyer versus Gilbert Burns. I'm going to go Gilbert. I'm going to go Damian Meyer just uh, okay. because I love watching his, his, uh, his graphics. Was that who you was going to go for, or is it because I said no, no, who you I was going to go? No, I was going to go for Damian Meyer. I just love watching him. You thought I was going to go Damian Meyer, didn't you? I did, yeah. I, I, just, think, I just think he's really predictable. Um, so it's going to be obvious what he goes for. Um, but as much as it's obvious what he goes for, he's very, very good at forcing what he wants to go for. And um, the, the opponent can't do anything about it. I just think he's getting a bit old now for it. Um, his cardio is a little bit suspect. In, in, and I think Gilbert will strategize for that. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think he's going to pull through. Fair enough. Uh, next up, we've got Renato Mossiano versus Demir Hadovic. Um, I've got to say, I'm not familiar with either, Ben. So I yeah, go I'm going to go Hadovic. Oh, yeah. That's right, we'll both go with Hadovic. Uh, yeah. And then next up, we've got Johnny Walker versus Nikita Krylov. Now, that's an interesting fight. I'm going to go Johnny Walker. Yeah, I'm going to go Johnny as well there. I fancy he'll be very motivated after yeah. his uh, shock loss. Uh, yeah, nobody expected him to lose that fight, uh, right? Regardless of his opponent, um, they were they were, uh, you know, they were preparing him to go all the way to the top of the card. Yeah. Um, so for him to lose the way he did, yeah, I I fancy him to be very motivated. 
Um, and then finally, Francisco Trinaldo versus John McAdaisy. I'm going to go McAdaisy. McAdaisy, and I'll go with Franc- Francisco Trinaldo. Uh, yeah. Mark that down. I'm not so sure, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that. There you go. And uh, that's that. I'll save that so we got so I can give you another whoop in next week. Yeah. And uh, I'll go into a two <sighs> and then I'll retire the game. So I can. You even fought Romero won. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You've got to go with what the judges say, Danny. You have? Yeah. You've got to respect the judges' decision. Yeah. And times. I think you got lucky with that uh, Darish as well. Nah, that was I I planned for that. It was perfect, <laughs> perfect strategy. I knew that. <laughs> um, okay, guys, check us out on Twitter, Facebook. Um, check out the Teespring store. Check out the B- bstacademy.co.uk. Uh, the code for Away Day Apparel, 10% off. We have new shows, at least three shows a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sometimes more. Uh, 7.30 every Monday, the Andy Campbell Championship Show. Join us in the live chat to talk football. And uh, we'll be back next week for another MMA show. And then the following week, is it the following week? Yeah. The following week, I think, is our first watch-along for UFC London, which will be a lot of fun. Join us for that in the live chat. It'll be on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, yes, that'll be fun. We'll watch the fights together. Even if it's just me and Danny, we'll watch the fights and we'll have a chat and we'll enjoy it. Um, And we'll also, before the UFC London card, we'll break down the Cage Warriors show from the night before with uh, Paddy and Poe and uh, Luke Shanks. It's going to be good. Go on, Luke. You can do it, Luke. Luke. (laughs) What I would really like to see is Paddy uh, win in like a round. Oh, yeah. Luke, I want to see Paddy get back on track. This kid's not fulfilled his potential. I know he's got potential yeah, for so much more. Just, yeah. screwed him over, didn't it? And it's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should, he should already be... Like, he should be... Uh, like, he should be like six months ahead of where Jack Shaw is. And like yeah, Jack I agree. Just got onto the main card of a UFC. He had this sensational debut. Where yeah. Paddy should have got there probably just yeah. before. Uh, I agree with that. For whatever reason, didn't quite do it. But I'm looking yeah. forward to the next couple of weeks because. Yeah, me too. Friends and people fighting. It's going to be great. Guys, thanks uh, thanks for joining us. As always, love it. Danny, always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah. And uh, it's just a shame that Yoel Romero and uh, Adesanya didn't get the, me- the memo about the exciting fights. But, uh, we had a female bout that, that made up for that. Oh, yeah. And the Cage Warriors main event as well. Those two combined. Oh, yeah. Fantastic performance. Worthwhile. Danny, cheers, mate. Guys. Thank you, Sai. Next week.
Sports Social Podcast Network.